God's plan often requires us to extend beyond our current state. To broaden ourselves in him in order to become more effective for his kingdom. It's not always comfortable. We feel the tension, the desire to return to our original shape. But once we yield to the expansion of the spirit, we can't go back to the way that we were. We've become a new version of ourselves. It may feel tight at first, but we're being fitted for something bigger, something more. We may feel some pressure, but in the end, we'll find that it's because we've grown. That's just how it goes when God needs us to stretch. Come on, Happy New Year, everybody. Is anybody glad to be at church today? Make some noise if you're glad to be here. Awesome. You are here on the first Sunday of 2018. That means a lot of things, but one of the things that it means is that you are batting 1,000 on church attendance this year. Come on, somebody. Let's keep this train rolling. That's what I'm talking about. Does anybody just love Jesus? You're anticipating great things in 2018. By faith, we just claim that. Hey, before we jump into the message today, I want to look right into those cameras there, and I want to give a huge welcome to our D.C. campus, 25 miles outside of D.C. in Germantown, Maryland. We are now one church in two locations. Come on, can you say amen? That's awesome. Kimberly and I have served four years so faithfully, the people in Montgomery County, Maryland. We love them, love, love, love them. And uh, proud of what God is doing there. And I can't wait to continue to unfold the vision that is before us as we navigate through what it looks like to be one church with multiple campuses. And we anticipate that because Jesus is coming back, do you believe that? That we need to plant as many churches as possible so that we can get the message of hope out there. Come on. So from the United States to across the waters, we want to plant churches. And so today, though, uh, we welcome all of our family and friends in Germantown, Maryland. We also want to say thank you to all those watching online. I know a lot of people might still be traveling, and so maybe you are in your car looking at your smartphone watching this. Do not do that. Keep your eyes on the road. Somebody say amen to that. We're glad you're here. Maybe you're homesick and tuning in, or perhaps you are one of the brave military men and women serving uh, out of state or out of the country. Whoever you are and wherever you are, we're glad that you're tuning in. Come on, church family in-house, make some noise. Oh, come on, you can do a little bit better. Let them know you love them. Yeah. Awesome. And, of course, we welcome all of you. We, we are kicking off a brand new series here called Stretch. On the count of three, can you say that with me? One, two, three. And so over the next few weeks, uh, Pastor Allen and I, we're going to alternate the pulpit responsibilities. And so I'll preach today, and then he'll preach the following Sunday, and you can kind of get that routine. And so uh, we're just going to have a great conversation because we believe that God has brought us to a season of stretch. Now, you can't do, the truth is this, you cannot do a series called Stretch 
without actually stretching. So everybody up on your feet. Come on, from the front to the back, to the left, to the right, up on your feet. I know some of you have already kind of settled into your uh, 1155 Sunday morning nap, but wake it up, all right? Wake it up. Turn to the person next to you and say, wake it up. All right, here we go. Now, I'm going to give you quickly just two bits of instructions, okay? And th- both of these instructions are important to the success of this illustration. Number one, it is what we call player's choice. You get to choose the posture of your stretch. That's nice, isn't it? So you get to pick any stretch posture that you want. You can put, you know, your right hand over your head and put the elbow up in the air. Uh, you can grab one of, your, one of your legs if you have that kind of balance and pull out that quad. You can lean to the right. You can lean to the left. You can even watch this. Lean back. You know what? What's up to you? Whatever you want to do. All right, you get to choose. That, that's part one, okay? You get to choose the posture of your stretch. But, point two, or challenge two, and this is where choosing the posture of the stretch is important because you have to hold that stretch for 27 seconds, okay? So choose wisely, because 27 seconds is a long time, I'm telling you right now, okay? This is more exercise than some of us has done all year, and so you may feel a little bit of pain, uh, but we're going to hang in there together, okay? You got your stretch in mind? All right, here we go. I'm going to count to three. Let's begin. One, two, three. All right, pick that stretch. Yep, okay, come on. Now now you got to hold it, okay? It's important for you to hold it. I know some of you are like, dear God, what kind of church is this? Uh, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Okay, now stay in the posture, but look to the person on the left and say, come on, you got this. Encourage them. Encourage them. Now, now look to the person on the right and say, oh, I'm praying for you. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to make it, all right? You're halfway there. You're halfway there, okay? Anybody feeling it right now? Okay, come on. Here we go. Ten, nine, eight. Hang in there. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Come on. One. All right, give yourselves a big round of applause. You did it. My God, we have set some goals in 2018, and look at us go. Now look at the person on either side of you and tell them, say, I just lost me five pounds. Look at me now. You know what I mean? And you may be seated. (laughs) Don't you wish it were that easy to lose some weight, you know? Here's the truth, and I just want to share my heart this morning. I believe with everything inside of me that in 2018 that God is going to stretch us as a church, and he is going to stretch us as individuals like never before. Now, I want you to hear my heart for a moment. See, the reason that God desires to stretch us is because God has a beautiful plan for every single one of you. He's got a beautiful plan for our family. He has a beautiful plan for this church and the the church just outside of D.C., right? God's got this beautiful plan. And God is looking down uh, from heaven, and he's seeing where we are and knowing where he wants us and desires for us to be. And he understands that in order for us to get from where we are to where he's calling us to be, we have to go through seasons of stretch. Anybody ever been there before? You know what I'm talking about, right? See, the truth is this, though, is that the type of stretching that God is going to require of us in this particular season will not always be comfortable. See, we, we, like, we like the stretching that, that feels good. But in order for God to move us in the direction that he's calling us to go, he's going to require of us the stretching that's not always so comfortable. As a matter of fact, there's going to be some moments in the season of stretch in your life, in 2018, in the life of this church, that there's going to be tension. The tension's going to be tough. And as the season of stretch continues to move forward, so will the the increase of tension. And as we feel that tension, so will increase our desire for less 
tension. Anybody with me? Watch, as we walk through this season of stretch, there's going to be some pain along the way. And as, as the season of stretch increases, so will this incredible pain that we will feel at times. And there will be this desire to go back to what feels less painful. Because in the moment, we don't want to feel pain. We don't want to feel tension. We don't want to feel pressure. We want things just to go according to plan and let it be business as usual. But watch this. I want you to lean in here, okay? I'm just setting up uh, this whole series for a few minutes. Whenever God begins to stretch us. And whenever we begin to experience the tension and the pressure and the pain that comes from that stretch, in the middle of it, we have to remember that God is just stretching us for something greater. Come on, say amen. That God is just stretching us for something more. God has more in store for your family. He's got more in store for your life. He has more in store for the ministry of this church. But in order for us to get there, we've got to go through some seasons of stretch. I don't know if you've ever thought about what separates a professional athlete from a weekend warrior athlete. Any weekend warrior athletes out there, come on, like you, you pick up a football, you throw it in the yard, you sit on the couch and you think, I could make that catch. They drop the ball. Anybody ever thought this? You get paid millions of dollars to drop that ball. Come on, I could catch that ball. But what separates professional athletes from just the weekend warrior athlete. Well, I think it's two things. There's a lot of characteristics uh, that we could talk about, but these two things specifically. Number one, professional athletes have always surrounded themselves with people that will push them to be better than who they are today. They understand that if I want to become everything that I know I can become, I need some people in my life that are pushing me to be better. I need some people in my life who will not let me settle for the status quo, but will get before me and behind me and beside me and push me towards the destiny that God has planned for me. There's one word that summarizes that. It's called accountability. See, these professional athletes, they know that in order to be everything that I can become, I need some accountability in my life. And over the next few weeks, you are going to hear us make a plea to you about our desire for you to be in accountability groups. We call them two or more groups here, and for all of you in this room, you need to be in a group because if God's going to do the very thing that you believe he's going to do in 2018, you need to surround yourself with people that can push you towards that promise, right? And so here's the truth. You, you've got a busy schedule. I've got a busy schedule. It's easy to make the excuses as to why not, but I believe this in my heart that if you really want to go to the next level, you need some accountability. You've got to get some people in your life that are holding you accountable to the God-given dream and destiny and purpose that he has planned for you. Come on, help me out for a second. But accountability is not the only thing that makes a professional athlete a professional. Uh, a professional athlete also recognizes that they are going to have to, and this is the word, and I want you to hear this, they are going to have to endure. See that? They're going to have to endure the pain and the pressure that comes from being stretched. See, whenever we want to go to the next level, somebody is going to push us. And when they start to push us, right, we start to feel that pain. And we have to develop some endurance within us so that we can withstand and withhold the incredibly tension and pressure that we might feel in a season of being stretched. See, whenever I stretch, both physically and spiritually, there comes a moment in that stretching that I want to go back to what doesn't hurt so much. But if we want to keep going forward, then we have to have some endurance about us that doesn't give up before we reach the payoff. Come on, help me out for a second. 
because you need to hear this. This is the good news now, right? Whenever God puts upon us a season of stretch, there is always a payoff on the other side of that season of stretch. But between the promise and the payoff, there is a process. Come on, somebody help me out for a minute, right? And it's in that process that the pressure and the pain is experienced, but we have to endure. If you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, write this thought down. Stretching uses tension to create strength. Stretching uses tension to create strength. And I'm going I'm to make a very bold statement. I don't know if you and I will ever fully become everything that God is calling us to become until he first takes us through a season of stretch. Let me make another statement. I don't know if this church will ever become everything that God has destined for her to become until he takes her through a season of stretch. Are you with me? Let me show you this as an illustration. It's going to be really simple, and I apologize, but that's just kind of how my brain works. Uh, look at this rubber band. You see the rubber band? Everybody see it? Say, I see it. The rubber band that I'm holding in my, between my fingers is good for absolutely nothing until I stretch it. Now watch this. When there is no pressure on this rubber band, it cannot be used in, way, in the way in which the designer invented it to be used. But once you apply some tension to the rubber band, once you apply some pressure to the rubber band, once you apply a season of stretch to the rubber band, now it does not become useless, it becomes useful. Are you following me? And see, this is so many of us. God wants to pull on us. God wants to tug on us in his sovereignty. He wants to manipulate the things that are inside of us because watch this. God put those things deep down on the inside of us. He put things on the inside of you that you don't even know you possess. And so the only way that he can get those out of you is if he stretches them out of you. And so he's going to walk us through this season of stretch. A few minutes ago, you remember I made you stand up and hold that you know, stretch for 27 seconds. Some of you have tried your best to get that out of your memory, but, but it, it really happened. And I did that on purpose. A few weeks ago, I, I came across this article. I read an article that said, a stretch does no good until you hold it for at least 27 seconds. And I found that really interesting, so I just kept reading it. And here's why. The article said that, that your body does not believe that you really want to stretch it until about 25 seconds in. So if you stretch a part of your body for two or three seconds, your muscle doesn't believe that you're really sold out or all in with pushing that muscle as far as you can push it. But if you hang in there for about 25 seconds, at 25 seconds, your muscle says, all right, they mean business. And the muscle will release a gas that allows you to push that muscle even farther. Come on, that's good preaching right there. Anybody ever been in a season like that? Come on. You're walking through this season of stretch. You know that you want to let go because the pain is real. The tension is real. The stress is real. The, all of that is real. But you know, I'm going to keep holding on. Come on. I'm going to hold my breath. I'm going to hold that stretch pose because I know that on the other side of that stretch, I'll be better off than I was when I first started. Come on, 11 o'clock. Help me preach right now. So we go through these seasons of stretch. I know that in your life and in mine that these seasons can be painful. But we just keep breathing. We keep holding on and then recognize that once we get comfortable, he'll stretch us even farther. 
know, the last couple of months, I know for you all, and for our family as well, has been quite emotional to recognize the reality of the transition that is in front of us. I know how much you all love, honor, and respect the Matura family, but there's a different emotion attached here because this is mom and dad to us. I know some of you have come up to me and you said, you know, we, we've just cried and cried, and, I, and I've, I've respected that, and I thought, we've cried and cried too. I've been a part of the family, uh, married to Kimberly 13 years, a part of the family for 14 and a half years. Don't let Pastor fool you. He loves me. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> he loves me. You know how I know? Because he buys me food. Come on. <laughs> These last few months, though, they, they've been stretching. You know, uh, I, I told Kimberly not too long before uh, this process really started to reveal itself about the perfect will of God. And uh, we were laying in bed one night just kind of talking about the season that we were in. And I told her, I said, life is good. Life is good. And then I said this, I said, I don't want this to ever end. Anybody ever been there? Well, it ended. Because I, I've learned in my lifetime that whenever we start to get comfortable and complacent, the Lord begins to stir us. Because when we get in those places of comfortability, there isn't this desire necessarily or this need to be totally dependent upon him. It's when, we, it's when we step out of our comfort zone. It's when he begins to pull on us and stretch us that we recognize that we cannot make it on our own. Come on. And in this process and in these conversations, the Lord really put a scripture on our hearts. And, and I believe that this scripture, this one verse, is a promise and a prophetic word for this house, for the Worley family, for the Matura family, and for every single one of you in 2018, I want to show it to you. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Here's what the Bible says. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. And spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. Can we do this together? Can we read it out loud? I'll count to three. We'll start at the beginning. One, two, three. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. Let me tell you, everything about that verse tells us that God has a really big life plan for us. Everything about that verse tells us that God wants to send increase. That God wants to bless us. Everything about that verse tells us that God is a God of more. That he does not want us to settle. That he doesn't want us to just be okay with the status quo. But if we let him move in the way that only he can, he will stretch us beyond our current capacity or reality so that we can experience the more that he has in store. Now here's the truth. And let me talk about JC for a minute. Whenever I hear a preacher talk about favor, whenever I hear a preacher talk about increase, Whenever I hear a preacher talk about blessing or I read the Bible, you know, and I, I read scripture about favor and increase, I'm like, oh, yeah. Give it to me, Jesus, you know. I believe you've got more in store, so I want more. And then I recognize, watch, that you don't get the blessing until you go through some stretching. And then I start to think, well, do I really want everything you've got for me? Because the last season of stretch I went through about killed me 
right? And so I start to process that. But the truth is you don't get one without the other. You don't get increase without stretching. You don't get favor without stretching. You don't get blessing without stretching. You don't, you don't believe me? Ask any mama in this room. Because every mom will tell you that in order for her to have the gift of a child, she's got a few stretch marks to show for it. I think on the other side of this season of stretch, you and I will have a few stretch marks to show as well. But there's always a payoff. We have to be accountable and we have to have endurance. But when we walk from the promise through the process to the payoff in this season of stretch, God will bless us because he is sovereign and he is good. If you believe that, say amen. amen. But here's what I've done in years past. Here's what I've done in seasons past. Whenever I get to the point where I feel God pulling on me and I know he's calling me to do something more. He's calling me to do something greater. He's calling me to do something different. I often opt for comfort and convenience over the challenge of being stretched. I look at, instead of looking entirely at the promise and the benefits of what's to come, I fix my eyes on the challenges and the difficulty and the fear. Listen to me, the fear of the uncertainty and the fear of the unknown, thinking to myself, well, what if we fail, or what if it doesn't turn out the way that I thought that it would turn out, and oftentimes we limit ourselves from doing incredible things through the power of the Holy Spirit, because we fix our eyes on the negatives, instead of focusing on the author and the perfecter of our faith, come on, and so here we are, a brand new year, God has us on the, the horizon of something new, something greater, something more for your family and for this church. And I want to show you what you need to do in a season of stretch. Okay? So there are seven spiritual stretching exercises that we're going to talk through over the next three weeks. I'll cover a few today. Pastor will cover a few next Sunday, and then we'll close out the following Sunday. There are seven spiritual stretching exercises that you need to live by. If you got something to write down, some notes, I encourage you to do that. Borrow some paper or pen from someone next to you. Look at the lady in front of you. Say, can I borrow your lipstick? Write these down somewhere. And here we go. I'm going to show you all of these in Proverbs chapter 3, eight verses. You'll see all seven of the spiritual stretching exercises. It starts with this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and what will happen? He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. And what will this do? It will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then what? Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Verse 11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Seven spiritual stretching exercise we practice as a church, and you should practice as an individual as well in 2018. Here's number one. You ready? Watch this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Some of you are thinking, is the whole series going to be this simple? Yes. 
Is it going to be this basic? Yes. Is it going to be this elementary? Yes. And here's why. Because if it were so simple, we should be doing a better job at living these out. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Listen to me. Whenever I read the Bible from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, we recognize that Scripture is not short on examples of what it means to trust in the Lord with all. Somebody say all. With all of our heart. Let's go back to Noah. This guy Noah was instructed by the Lord, watch this, to build a boat. Now, if I'm Noah, my first question is, what's a boat? That they had never even seen rain. And yet Noah was obedient to the call of God that was on his life simply because, watch, he trusted God at his word. He faced ridicule from family, and I'm sure the neighbors on, in the cul-de-sac were like, what is this joker up to, you know? But he trusted the Lord with all of his heart. Amen. Think about Abraham. Abraham, at 80 years old, was told, I want you to pack up all of your stuff. Where am I going? Not going to tell you. Just start out walking. Listen, today, if an 80-year-old packed up all of their stuff and started walking, they'd take them to a home. You know what I mean? Like, something's not right. He was 80 years old packed up everything that he owned and just started walking. There was no GPS, right? There was no map quest. There was just an assurance and a confidence in God that if God told me to go, that he would be with me every single step of the way. I think about it, and I'm giving you a few, a very a small glimpse of the examples that we find all throughout the Old and New Testament. What about the apostle of Peter? He was in the boat, and all of a sudden Jesus shows up walking on the water. And Peter says, what, Lord, if it's really you, let me come to you. And Jesus responds with a one-word instruction. He says, come. And Peter, watch, stretches out his leg over the side of the boat, and he begins to walk on the water simply because he trusted the Lord with all of his heart. But what happened when he began to doubt and lose trust? He began to sink. You can go back to even the early Christians. Uh, they would walk around declaring that Jesus is Lord. We're here today because of these brave individuals that declared Jesus is Lord in a Roman Empire where there was only one Lord and his name was Caesar. And yet they made this uh, uh, kind of focus and determination in their heart that we're going to trust the Lord with all of our heart. See, you need to know this. The responsibility that you and I have as a Christian is an all-in type of trust. It's an all-in type of trust. It cannot be a piecemeal type of trust. And we're so guilty of that, aren't we? Like we're really good at saying, okay, God, I trust you uh, with my marriage, but I don't trust you with my money. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I trust you with my, with my career, but I don't trust you with my children. No, no, no. God says in this season of stretch, here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust me with all of your heart with everything that you've got I just want you to trust watch this I want you to look at this word trust they'll put it on the screen here here's just a very uh, simple acronym that that will help you in this season of stretch the letter T is this trusting or turning rather turning over every aspect of my life to God every part of your life you give it to God Again, it's not a call to piecemeal trust it's an all-in I'm giving you every single aspect of my life are realizing that he has a perfect plan for my life. Come on, if you've been in church for any period of time, you've heard or read Jeremiah 29 11, 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, and watch this, and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and to give you a future. Somebody needs to hear me. God has a plan for your life, and you have to realize that it is a perfect plan. It's a good plan. Here's the next one. The letter U, understanding that I'm not always going to understand. Anybody ever walked through that season before? We'll talk about that one in a minute. The letter S, seeking his will every step of the way. I think one of the greatest prayers you can pray in 2018 is this. Not my will, but your will be done. Not, not my way, Lord, but, but your way be done. Because I am seeking his will every step of the way. And then here's a big one. Thanking him even when things don't turn out the way that I expected. Man, there have been so many times in my life where I thought that I could forecast what the future would be. I thought that I could determine what the future was going to look like. And then it never seemed to turn out the way that I expected. Anybody ever been there? Come on. And I've thought, okay, God, you know, Lord, like, why, why are you doing this to me? I can't figure it out. But even in the process, you say, okay, God, thank you because I trust you with all of my heart. So, so how do you know? How do you know that you're living out this first exercise, that you are trusting in the Lord with all of your heart? It, it plays in with, it ties in with spiritual stretch exercise number two. You do not lean on your own understanding. This was kind of sandwiched in the middle of that trust acronym, wasn't it? God, I don't understand what is happening. God, I cannot figure it out. God, none of this makes sense to me. Anybody ever even try to over-spiritualize that conversation? I have. Lord, I pay my tithes. I go to church. I serve. I'm a pastor. Come on. I do not understand what you are doing in my life right now. I don't like the pain. I don't like the pressure. I don't like the tension. I don't like being pulled on, right? Come on, God. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And you want to know what's even more confusing? Watch this. All throughout Proverbs, the Bible shows a recurring theme on understanding. Watch what, what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2. Incline your heart to understanding. Verse 3 of chapter 2. Raise your voice for understanding. Verse 11 of chapter 2. Understanding will guard you and watch over you. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 13. Blessed is the one who gets understanding. Proverbs 14, verse 33, wisdom rests in the heart of a man who understands. Proverbs 16, verse 16, to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. Proverbs 23, verse 23, buy truth, B-U-I, purchase truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, get instruction, and get understanding. Okay, hold on. You're telling me to get understanding... And then when I get it, don't lean on it. Get, get the understanding, but once you get it now, now God says, now don't lean on that understanding. Why? why? That doesn't make any sense to me. Let, let me break this down the way that I see this. Here's why. Because our understanding is very, very, very limited. Our minds are very limited. Watch this. You and I, we don't get to see the big picture. 
We don't get the 3D perspective. We don't get the aerial view of our life. We only get pieces of the puzzle along the way. It's like we're on this treasure hunt for our purpose and our will. And God says, I'm going to take you through seasons of stretch that you will not understand. And if you try to lean on your understanding, you'll give up in the process. I'm preaching better than you're helping me. Come on, church. If you, if you start, watch this. If you start to lean on the things you understand, God says, you won't give me a try. You won't give me a shot to prove myself. And here's the truth. Most of our decisions, most of them, at least for JC, most of our decisions are based off what I think I can see. It's my perception. It's how I interpret something. So the, the reason that I make the decisions, for the most part, uh, that I make is because of how I perceive what the outcome is going to be. But you need to know this. God's not stretching this church, and he's not stretching you because of things you think you can see. He's stretching you because of things you cannot see. The things that are on the inside of you that he has to pull from the inside out. And the only way to do that is to stretch. And I know this is my first Sunday. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. We'll save that for the next Sunday. But watch this. I'm being honest. Our actions, generally speaking, show that we do not trust God. That, that we, we do not entirely trust him. We talk about the first point. All right, yeah, I can trust the Lord with all of our heart. But here's what happens. Then we start to lean on our own understanding when things go the way that we don't understand. We go back to the beginning of humanity with Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, do not eat from the tree of knowledge. What did they do? They ate. Come on. Uh, I know a few weeks ago in church, the pastor talked about the children of Israel. And every time I read about them, I think... And I don't want this to be offensive to you, I think, but what morons. It was what, less than a two-week journey to the promised land with that many people? And they turned it into four decades? Why? Because they started out trusting in the Lord with all of their heart. But when they got to a season that they didn't understand, they stopped trusting. And they started to lean on their own understanding. And so it led them on a 40-year journey. And many of them missed out. And I think... I think, why would people do that? And then I recognize I do it all the time. All the time. I wonder how many promises in my life have been delayed because of my inability to stop leaning on my own understanding. Come on. I get in the middle of it, and I can't figure it out, and so I put a limitation on God, and here's what I do. I say, okay, big guy, you got me this far, but I need to take control now. And I appreciate all of your effort. We, we got this thing rolling. Way to go. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it from here because if I keep going on the path that you've got me on, I don't know what's going to happen. And he's like, exactly. Exactly. But God is for us. He's not against us. Man, I think sometimes we forget that. Everything, everything, all things, everything that God does, he does for the purposes of good. Somewhere along the way, and I don't know if it's bad preaching or bad doctrine or, or our theology of that scripture, but we started to think that, that God is out to get us, that God is out to destroy us, that he's out to harm us. No, everything that God does, he does for the purposes of good. The Bible talks about that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things, not some things, 
not partial things, not a few things, not here and there things, but all things work together for what? Then why don't we believe that? Why don't we believe it? Let me break, let me break this down with some real practical stuff. We lose our job and we get mad at God. Wait a minute. I know there's counting costs and there's responsibilities. But if all things work together for good, aren't we victorious on the other side of that season of stretch? Then why do we pout? When we go to the doctor and they give us a report that we don't want to hear. Why would you do this to me? Well, sickness is not from God. First of all, sickness is from the enemy. But can't God get glory even from tragedy? Why do we get so angry? Why do we pout? I'm not going to church anymore. Well, you're really going to show him. God, I've been, I've been trusting you with all of my heart. Yeah, but you're leaning on what you understand. Well, what if, what if there's a better job than the one you just got laid off from? Are you hearing me? Well, my car broke down. I know all about that on my way here. You know the enemy was trying to attack us. On the way here, I was taking my car to a BWI airport, Baltimore, Washington International one of our dear friends here at South Metro was flying up to drive my car back to Atlanta so that I could make the road trip with my family. Seven miles from the airport, and a deer jumped over the guardrail and landed on the hood of my car. Two truths from that moment. Number one, I've killed more deer in this deer's hunting season than Trey Powell. <laughs> Number one. And number two, I guarantee you that deer was an Alabama fan. I'm telling you right now. Come on, somebody. Here we go. Yeah. But even in that moment, what, what if God says, well, I got a better car on the other side for you? In everything and in all things, we have to understand that God does things for good. All things work together for good. Now, what if we practice what we preached and in the season that you're going through whatever that looks like in this challenging uh, kind of season only a weekend and God's pulling on you and you know that there's greater things to come right but he's manipulating you in his sovereignty what if you just said okay God I'm going to trust in you with all of my heart and when I get to a moment or a place that I don't understand I'm not going to play God Deuteronomy 29 29 says it this way for the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to you and your children forever. Have you ever thought about that? That God has secrets that you'll never know about? Come on. Have you ever really processed the reality that, that his ways are not like our ways? And his thoughts are not like our thoughts in my lifetime. I have discovered season after season after season. Okay, you're going to walk me through some things that I don't understand. But if I can continue to trust in you with every fiber in my being and stop leaning on the things that I can't understand, I'm going to be better off on the other side of this season of stretch. But I've got to hang in the process. Come on and say amen right there. Amen. Uh, Tim can come to the music. Let me give you the third exercise and then pastor will give you the rest. Uh, well, the, the, the second half of this installment next Sunday. The third one is this. You ready? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
Do not lean on your own understanding. Here we go. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Look at me for just a moment as we kind of close this conversation up. One of the greatest honors of my life is being asked to follow in the footsteps of Alan Matura. I've told people along this journey, I know that he only wears like a size six and a half shoe, but those are big shoes to fill. Come on. One of the prayers of my heart and Kimberly's heart has been that we could serve right here from this location with the same integrity, the same commitment, and the same passion as they have set the example to follow. I believe that God's going to do great things in and through this ministry, and I'm excited to watch that unfold, and, and I'm also excited to, to get to learn your families, to know you, to do life together, to be with you in times of celebration and then to mourn with you in times of tragedy. That's what ministry and life and family is about. And some of you we know, 2006, we were brought on staff to serve as the student ministry pastors, and that was such an honor. But even before that, my wife was six weeks old when Pastor and Sister Valerie moved from South Carolina to take over as the lead pastors of what was then the Peachtree City Church of God. As some of you have been a part of this journey all 33 years. Some of you are newer to the family, and maybe, maybe even this is your very first Sunday. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. Some of us know each other, and some of us don't. But I can almost take to the bank this truth. No matter how difficult your life has been, no matter how challenging and overwhelming and even what seems to be so unfair about the things that you've encountered, at the end of the day when we close our eyes and we think about God, we all come to this one conclusion. He has never failed me yet. The, uh, the older church would say it this way, God is good, and all the time, God is good. But let me tell you what media has done, and social media has done, and texting has done. It's given us a platform to gripe about our problems. And, and I've come to learn that we spend more time complaining about our problems on Facebook than we do getting our face in his book. Watch out now. And now culture and society has almost shaped us to let us know that just complain about it, gripe about it, tell everybody about it, tell the world about how bad life is. That somewhere along the way we've stopped acknowledging him in all of his ways. Let me give you again a few practical things. When you wake up in the morning, you should open up your eyes and the first thing that comes out of your mouth, not grabbing your phone to see if you've got likes or posts or, you know, uh, retweets, but the first thing that should happen when you wake up every morning is acknowledging God that he gave you another day on this green earth. Come on. In September, I went to Belize. At the end of September, pastor went to Trinidad. 
When I was in Belize and a few weeks later when he was in Trinidad, we encountered people that literally do not have food, nothing to eat, begging for food. Every single one of us, we're going to eat lunch today, all of it. But when's the last time we really sat down and we acknowledged him for what he's provided for us? Thanksgiving? I felt so convicted this last Thanksgiving when we went around the table. Tell us all what you're thankful for. Shouldn't that be every day? Acknowledging him for the things that he has done? Come on. When I wake up, watch this. When I wake up and I see Kimberly's beautiful face, I should acknowledge my father for the love that he's given me and her. Come on. When I come home, let's break it down even more. When I come home and our kids are acting a fool. Y'all don't have kids like that? Some of y'all are like, you better believe it. Watch this. Shouldn't I just be thankful that there's breath in their lungs? Yeah, there's discipline and correction and all of that. When I walk in from a long day at the office one day, not too long ago, I came in my house, man, and that house was a hot mess. It looked like a hurricane had swept over that. Anybody ever have that moment? Like I came in, I didn't even want to stay. I thought, let's just get a hotel. Let's burn the whole thing down. Set it on fire. You know what I mean? Like it ain't even worth it. You, is your house ever, um, we're the only ones, your house ever been like that? It's, you walk in, you're like, my God, I don't even know where to start. So you just start throwing more stuff on the floor, you know. I walked in and I, I, this first thought came to my mind. I thought, what has Kimberly done all day? And then immediately I thought, I'm smart enough to ask that question. I ain't touching that one, you know. And I, I walked in and I opened up the door. There were toys everywhere, all over the place. Man, I don't know why they make these toys so sharp and pointy and hurdy. Is hurdy a word? How many of you parents ever stepped on a toy in the middle of the night and you had to pray for repentance for the words that came out of your mouth? Man, I walked in, there were these toys everywhere. And I was so frustrated. Come on. Did you pick up after yourself? Before I got those words out of my mouth, I heard the Lord say these words. You'll miss those messy toys one day. You'll miss coming home. And the kids running around. Toys everywhere. They tell me that life happens fast. Man. So I've learned, hey, yeah, there's discipline, there's correction. I have OCD, so there's a sign-in, sign-out sheet for all the toys now. And keep an inventory. But instead of walking in and being frustrated about the mess that was created, what if I walked in and said, hey, let me help you make this room messy. We'll clean it up later. And then what if I said, hey, you know what, as a matter of fact, let me thank God for the job he gave me to buy the stuff to make the mess. And then, and then let me thank God for the job he gave me to buy the stuff to make the mess, to put it in the house that he paid for because he's just that good. Come on, somebody. I mean, come on. You all possess such great gifts and abilities. And I think about Tim. This guy plays, he can play instruments with his toes. He's that gifted. You don't want to see it, but he can do it. You ever heard him play the saxophone? Remember, if I could play the saxophone like that, I'd never stop playing the saxophone. Come on, somebody. Kimberly would walk in the house and be like, hey, girl. What if you thank God for it instead of complaining about the opportunities that you don't have? And 
all things and everything. We acknowledge him. Here's what that means. God, I'm walking through a season of stretch, but I'll still be committed to give you praise and to give you glory and to give you honor. You know what it means? It means this, to acknowledge him in all of his ways. Watch this. God, I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to yield to you, right? Well, here's what it means. I'm going to lay aside my own preferences. I'm going to lay aside my own opinions. I'm going to lay aside my own pleasures. I'm going to lay aside my own comforts, and I'm going to replace it with the conviction of the Lord, knowing that what you have in store for me is better than anything I could do on my own. So I will trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I'll stop leaning on my own understanding and in everything that I do and in everything that you do I will acknowledge you and watch this they'll put it on the screen here's the payoff of those first three stretch exercises and he will make your paths straight anybody feel like you're kind of on a windy road of a journey right now come on you don't know if you're coming or going he says if you just trust in the Lord with all of your heart and you lean not on your own understanding, then I will make your paths straight. Come on, stand with me all around this room. Let's say this together. These are, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six words. He will make your paths straight. He will make your paths straight. Come on, let's say that together on three. One, two, three. He will make paths. Come on, say it like you mean it. Come on. He will make Come on, one more time. He will. Can we make it personal? He will make my paths straight. Come on, say it again. He will make my paths straight. Come on, lift your hands and say it. He will make my paths straight. Come on, keep those hands lifted. Father, right now in this room, as hard as it is to say what I'm about to say, I mean this. At lunch, I may regret it, but in this moment and in my heart of hearts, I mean it. Stretch me in 2018 like never before. Apply the tension. Apply the pressure. Apply the pain. <laughs> because I know that what you're going to do is for the purpose of good. I don't want to be the same JC in this year that I was last year. I don't want to settle. I don't want to get comfortable. So stretch me, oh God. Pull on me, tug on me, whatever you got to do. Because if you see something on the inside of me that I cannot see, God, stretch it out of me. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better follower of Christ. I want to be a better pastor. So however you got to stretch me in order for me to get there, God, I submit to you and say, have your way have your way come on keep those hands up all around this room if that's you come on have your own prayer right here right now come on just open up your mouth and tell them say God whatever you got to do I'm willing to walk through it come on right now come on church open up your mouth I'm going to here they are I'm gonna trust in the Lord with all of my heart lean not on what I can and cannot understand and I will acknowledge you you get the praise, you get the glory, you get the honor. Come on, because you're worthy of it all. For this ministry and for the church in Germantown, Maryland, stretch us, God. Come on, enlarge the place of our tent. Stretch us out wide so that we can see more people come to know you and everything that you have in store. Remind us 
that is for the purposes of good. It is all good. It is all good. It is all good. Come on, get those hands as high as you can get them. Come on, Tim, will you sing that all over this room? Come on. I'm not going to live by what I see. Come on, declare this this morning. Come on. I'm not going to live by what I feel. Deep down I know that you're here with me. I know that you can do servant of the Lord, I believe we're going to be all right, all of us, and this house. Give the Lord thanks for believing. Amen. Go out and have the greatest Sunday you've ever had. Sing for us. God bless you. Greet one another.